Oh my gosh. Did you hear the episode that came out about meditating with mindfulness? It was so good. They had so many great practical tips and oh, yeah. what was your favorite? Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, well, what was your favorite part of that episode? Cause I, I know that we both listened to it and I wanted to just, you know, see your thoughts. Uh, what was that? Can you just start that whole thing over? I was not paying attention. (laughs) (sighs) Friends, have you ever been in a conversation like this? A conversation where you want to connect with somebody and phones or just sheer distraction get in the way? Well, being present takes some work, not just for you, but for the other person. So today I have a special guest and we are going to talk all about learning how to be present with others and with ourselves. Hey friends, I'm Cassie, and I'm a married Spoonie who lives the chronic illness life. Here each week, I'll challenge you to live intentionally and authentically, where every spoon you use has a purpose and every step you take matters. Welcome to Chronically Cultivating. Beautifully said. (laughs) You did that perfectly. (laughs) It's almost like I've been podcasting for almost a whole year. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, friends, by popular demand, I have one of my best friends back here with me. So Mike, I'm so happy to have you back on the show. Hey everyone. I'm so glad to be back. Thanks for having me again. We had such a great time being able to talk with you all a couple weeks ago about meditating with mindfulness, and this week we have another topic to bring up that really goes with kind of our theme of how do we cultivate in quarantine and how do we become better people through all that's happened. You know, the past couple weeks we've been talking about the challenges that come when a heightened situation, you know, kind of exposes the cracks of things that were going on that we probably didn't really want to work on or acknowledge. And then we talked about grief and loss and what we need to feel. This week, we want to talk about presence. We tend to find the stereotypical time that you hear people being present where you have someone telling you to get off your phone and be with your family. The thing though, is that there is more to this than just someone nagging you. And I have Mike here with me today to talk about this because he has actually been the one that has unknowingly changed the entire way that I communicate with people in the best way possible. So I'm so grateful that we can share this with other people because it's been life-changing for me and for you. Yeah, it, it hasn't. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that because um, I didn't know that I, I passed that along to you, but I feel like it's something that I started doing with myself when I started realizing that I, I was not being as present. And because of that, I wasn't being as authentic as I could be in my relationships and I realized that the more that I cultivated this in myself, the more that I had more meaningful interactions with people. Yeah. And I think we're in a really different place in life where in some ways, I think we feel like in a general way, we're present with everyone all the time because we're all at home together and whatnot. But that really isn't what presence is all about. It's not just about physically being somewhere. And I think it goes so much deeper than that. Whereas it's easier to just think that, oh, well, I was present because I was there. But 
As you heard in our little short conversation to this intro, we all know what it's like to be talking to someone and we know that they're not fully listening. That can not only be frustrating for you, but probably frustrating for them because maybe they don't know how to be fully present or they're dealing with something that is making it really hard for them to be present. So we on Chronically Cultivating are all about talking about the hard things and how we can do our best to make them better. But we also are full of grace. And this talking about being present is not a slam at anybody. If anything, it is a reminder just for the two of us here talking that we need to continue to stay present because it is easy to forget if you're not actively practicing it. This all came about, this whole conversation uh, came from just a conversation that Mike and I were having. I said, you know, I've, I've learned something really important from you and I don't know that I've shared it with you. And I said, the way that when we're together all these years, because I think, I think we've actually been friends for like over six years. I can't believe how the time flies by. Time. <laughs> yeah, I think oh, you're right. It doesn't feel that long. It doesn't. Um, but at the same time, I know him so well that it does, but like it still doesn't feel like six years. Um, but whenever we would hang out, you were very intentional about being present. It was something that I noticed because most people are not that way. I don't know if you kind of want to share how you do things because it definitely has impacted me and I'm sure it's impacted others that know you. Well, actually, it's funny that you say, you know, with family, because that's how I started realizing it in myself is, you know, I'd be at um, a family party or family dinner and you always have those family members who like are nagging at you saying, oh, get off your phone, get off your phone. And so you know, I, I started, you know, listen to it, but especially too, because, you know, your family, like, you know, calls you outside, like completely resisted it in that moment being like, whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? But then when I started really realizing it is I would do things like I would go out to eat with a friend and we'd be eating and having dinner. And then what I noticed is if they were on their phone the whole time and they were like having a conversation with someone like that little conversation that we had, it's like when you're talking with them, it's like, and they're like, oh, hey, wait, can you just repeat what you just said? I just missed that. And then it's like, when you start repeating yourself for like the fifth time, it gets frustrating. And then that totally affects your whole conversation because then the person's feeling like, well, are they really listening? Am I just wasting my breath? And because they're feeling that way, you're going to have a totally different conversation than you would have had is if you were present with them in that moment, because then a little joke might come up a little bit of this, but the, the feeling is a lot lighter because it's, it's not getting frustrated of, Oh, okay, well, are they really listening to me? Am I wasting my time? Why do I even come to dinner with this person? Because if they're so busy about being with these other people, why aren't they seeing them? Why are they spending their time with me? So I feel like that's when I, I first started noticing it of being frustrated with other people doing it and then when I would realize it in myself when then after someone would say something to me then I'd be like oh wait what was that again and then I'm like oh I just did what I was so mad that my friend did to me when we were talking and so that's when I, I started noticing it and then I even noticed it to the point of even just sending a text to someone because I would sometimes like not necessarily want to text someone back because I just wasn't ready. I was in the middle of doing something. And then I just would be like, oh, I just would answer it really quickly. And then I'd go back to what I was doing. Like for a quick answer to something, yeah, that, that can be an okay thing. But the point is, is when you're doing that, you may not have a meaningful text that you send to them, or you might read something a little bit wrong 
and then you would say something that is it totally has nothing to do with the conversation or you would read into it a different way. I know I've had a, a few friends where I would get mad because they would send me a text and the text had so many typos in it that I couldn't even understand what they were saying. And I just was like, did you read that text? Like, like I mean, like, and, and so now that person has now wasted doubly the amount of time because now they had to rewrite their text of what they meant. In some of those instances, my friends were like working or something. And then like, I just, that's okay. Like you were working, like just respond to me later on when you have the time to do it. Like you don't have to respond to me instantly. And I don't expect that of you. And I appreciate that same thing with myself as well. That it's like, when you have that time to be present and give them an authentic answer, you're going to have a way more meaningful conversation because it just feels better. And you want to actually talk to them as opposed to, you feeling like you have to do it because then it's going to be a totally different energy coming out of you that you will say things very quickly and then maybe the person will feel like oh maybe they don't really want to text me or talk to me where it's if you would have just spent that extra 20 seconds to be present and really like read what you're saying and really like pick it up then you have like a meaningful conversation even through text yeah and you know the thing to mention here too is it's not like, oh, I don't like this person, so I'm, I'm just going to wait to respond to them. Or it's, it's not in a way of being like, I am just so busy. I cannot answer you right now. Like, it is not in that petty way. It is a genuine, I care about you enough that I don't want to give you a quick answer because I want you to have all of me when I'm talking to you. And so it's not even about that other person. It's sometimes just solely about the fact that, oh, I'm with someone right now or I'm cooking dinner or I'm doing whatever and I really want to hear what you have to say and I want to respond to you and I don't want to forget because I know I get a lot of text messages every day and I was one of those people that I would open them and read them and half respond, but like not send the draft and then realize six days later, I never sent the message back to them when they get a text saying, hey, did you get my text? And I never sent it because I was so busy. I started writing response to then get busy with something else to then totally forget that I was even supposed to respond to someone in the first place. And something that's so great about waiting not opening it right away is that it shows me, oh, I still have a message that I haven't answered. And it gives me time to think about it. And I love that. There's a really special boundary that you harness when you're able to be present and separate out that time. For instance, whenever Mike and I would hang out, which I live a little farther away now, but we make it work, you know, we'll get together and outside of a family member that calls, Unless we're showing each other something on our phone, our phones are down, they're not near us, and we can get to them if we need to, but we want to just enjoy our time together. We know we don't get to see each other super often, and we want to be present in that moment. And it's not one of those things where you have to be so black or white in that sense of, if I'm going to be present, I'm turning my phone entirely off for this whole conversation. Like, we still, if there's someone that really needs one of us, we know. And if not, there are times that I'll get a call from a parent. You know, I'll either pick up or I'll say, hey, Mike, one second. And I'll just text them and say, hey, is everything okay? Or can I give you a call back in whatever time? 
And I think what's so important with what you just said there, because you were being, we would be authentic with each other of saying like, hey, just give me one second because I just want to make sure that this and, and solve this issue really quick. Because then it's like you can be fully present with that issue and get it dealt with faster. And then too, what I think is, is really important is it's letting the other person know, hey, I just need two seconds that I'm going to be doing this thing and then I'm going to come back to the conversation. So it's like you put it on pause as opposed to like letting them just keep going and then you do that thing and then you miss everything that they just said for the past 20 seconds, you know? Yep. And then it's that awkward, do you pretend that you heard what they say and you hope you can put the pieces together as they continue talking or are you going to have to say, yeah, I know I said I was listening, but I wasn't. Can you go back? And both are terrible. Both are terrible ways to do things, friends. <laughs> and there's not one person who has not experienced that before. And whether it was to your fault or their fault, it happened. And communication is hard work. I mean, I think we love to just think, oh, well, if we just find people we connect with and communicate with, like, that's all perfect. But no matter how close you are as friends or how compatible, or in my case, where Mike and I have talked about a couple times, that we are like yang and yang, totally opposite, but we mesh very well together. But communication is still hard. We have to work at our communication. We have to work at our friendships. We have to work at our relationships and our family relationships because communication is so important. And there are so many ways that people read into things. And it's even something where I kind of started picking up on this maybe two, three years ago, I think I started noticing how intentional you were about only if like a family, like, and you, again, you would be very quick to be like, Hey, can you hold on one second? Like, is this fine? And we'd be like, Oh, okay, cool. Like I was fine. It was something where I was just like, wow, because I'm going to brag on Mike for a really quick second before he can say anything. I, I know that like, I've already mentioned from our last podcast that I do think of him as like literal sunshine, but because <laughs> Because I am definitely not the sunny one, okay? So you have to be friends with a sunny person to just receive that. But anyways, you know, he, he is friends with everybody. He really is. And it's a great quality. I knew that I was an important person to him because he took the time. He always was intentional. It made me feel wanted and seen. And that's so important in any friendship. Those boundaries are important and they're necessary, and they do take time. I mean, at the beginning of our, no, nope, we're in our second year of marriage now. I should know that, uh, but we are in our second year of marriage now, and it was maybe six, seven months ago that I realized that when Jared was coming home from work, he was telling me about his day, and I would just be on my phone scrolling, or vice versa. I would be telling him about my day, and he would be on his phone, and I started just kind of feeling well, there was something missing there and I didn't like it. So we've made a point to, you know, if we really want to talk, we'll actually just look at each other and say, Hey, can you just put your phone down so we can just catch up right now? And that's been so helpful. I think that there is a freedom that comes with that, but it is also very hard because we want to be able to do two things at once. We want to be able to multitask, but tons of studies have shown multitasking is not as great as it seems. And what I think is so great with that too is that authenticity to say, hey, like, can we just put our phones down and talk really quick? I think it's a very tough thing, I think, 
sometimes for people to bring that up and to say that to someone because they don't want to upset them or offend them. And it's something too that if you ask someone for that and they are doing something on their phone or whatever, then like instead of them feeling like, okay, like I'll put this down and I'll listen to you, like say to the person, like honor yourself and say, oh, okay, like I'm working on this thing right now. Can we do that in like 15, 20 minutes? Yeah. Because then, because then it's, it's like you can't just do something because someone wants you to do it either. It's like you got to, hear what they're saying, and then give them that same respect. I got to be authentic and present with myself and finish this really quick. And then I can give you that presence that you need too. Exactly. That's such an important point because, you know, when Jared and I are having, like when we've discussed that at times, it's not an immediate, hey, I want to talk to you, put your phone down right now and drop everything and listen to what I have to say. Because then, like you were just saying, there's going to be this kind of hostility of, what cannot wait if this is not truly an emergency? Like, can I have two minutes to finish what I was doing? Because their brain is going to still be on whatever they were just doing. My brain will still be on whatever I'm just doing. And yes, there are times where we're like, hey, I need you to stop what you're doing right now. That's going to happen. But more often than not, I can wait two minutes. He can wait two minutes. There's just, we have to be honest with one another because if we go, like you were saying, if we go into that conversation and someone is hostile because we did not find a way to compromise, then you're really not going to get where you want to go anyways. You don't want someone to associate and for yourself more than anybody, you do not want to associate being present with being hostile because it's not just about other people seeing it that way, but we create patterns. And when we like something, right, we feel great about it. When we don't, we don't. And when we're trying new things or we have a preconceived notion about someone or something, we don't want that to happen as we're trying to actively learn and practice being present because then we're literally taking like four steps back and not even a full step forward. And I love that too, because that is like the example of, you know, the family member saying, oh, put your phone down. And it's like, you get that instant kind of like anger about it. But it's like, once you start kind of saying like, it's not something malicious, because really when it comes down to it is like, they love you so much that they want to be present with you. And I think what's so important is when you're telling someone like, hey, when you have a second, can we do this? It's you're respecting them and their boundaries and what they're doing right now that you're saying, hey, I respect your time and I respect what you're doing. Can you give me some time when you have a free chance to talk about this and be present? So I think that's so important is to show that person the respect of their time by allowing them to do whatever it is that they're doing and then come back to you. Mm -hmm. That is a huge part of learning to be present with other people and just that, how am I going to associate this and making that time? Because it really, it comes across, I think in some ways is just something we hear all the time of people saying, put your phone down. You're always attached to your phone. Like, you know, insert all the other things. Right. And I didn't, I roll just talking about it. Right. Cause that's the, <laughs> that's the feeling that I get when I hear that. But ultimately it's exactly what you just said. They care about you so much that they want to hear about what's going on in your life. That is worth me not playing a game on my phone or endlessly scrolling through social, through social media. And what's really important to mention about all of this is we are in a time that we never expected to be in, right? Our world looks very different. We've been talking about that over the past couple of weeks and just the different things that are there. So 
there are ways that we can be really intentional about using our phone and also not using our phone. For instance, in learning to be present, one of the things that I think is what made me put the dots together actually about how intentional you were with your phone and your time with people uh, was that I texted you, I don't know, whenever I texted you, it was a while ago. We text all the time. So let's just say at some point I texted you. Let's go with that. Um, And you didn't respond for a while. And it wasn't that I needed a response that moment. It was nothing urgent. And I, I, this truly was a couple years ago because that was when I started picking up on this whole presence thing and how you were doing it. You would respond to me like the next day, totally fine. All good, right? And then you would come over my house, I think later that month, and I saw that you'd gotten some texts from other people and you didn't even like, you flipped your phone to check and you put it right back down. And I started thinking like, wow, so like the reason he's not responding to that person, is not only does he want to spend time with me, but he also wants to make sure that when he answers that person, he is listening to that person. I was like, whoa, are you allowed to do that? Like in the sense of like, are you allowed to not respond to the person within five minutes of them texting you? Like, is that legal? Because I never thought you could do that. And so this year, without Mike and I talking about this, I really challenged myself to try this out. And I don't know if I didn't tell you because I just didn't think to, or because I wanted to really see how it worked before I made a decision. But I have to say... I do not answer text messages right away. I do not answer emails, social media, any of that. And I've actually gotten to a point now where unless I really need to respond to somebody, especially with emails, I will wait two hours. I will draft something and I will wait on it because I just know that in two hours, I'm going to, if I had sent it, go, oh, wish I had just waited just a little bit. Right. And even with the people that I text, they know, like, if they come to know me and if someone asks me, like, hey, why don't you respond to my text right away? I can say, oh, it's literally not about you. This is me because I want to answer you when I'm intentional. So if you have someone that comes up to you and you were just like me, super scared to not respond to the person immediately, and someone goes, hey, I'm really worried that like this has changed with you. you, Are you just not close with me anymore? It's a great opportunity for me to say, no, I actually care about our relationship so much that I want to make sure that when I respond to you, I'm thinking about it, I'm listening to you, and I am present. And that is such a huge gift. I think that's so important too, because, you know, we never have like a phone etiquette. I feel like with a lot of people is they feel pressured when they get a text that they have to respond to it because of the idea that the person thinks, oh, okay, well, they saw it. They're probably on their phone. But the thing is, I know for myself, when I started realizing it, I would be in a bad mood or maybe I just woke up. So I was still tired or something. And then someone was asking me to hang out. And then I would just go to the text and be like, this week ain't going to work. Nah, done. You know what I mean? an hour or two would pass, I'd get out of that mood, and then I'd be like, you know what? I could hang out with them this week, and I actually want to hang out with them this week. But it was because of those mood that I was in affected just how I was feeling, but your moods aren't lasting you a week long. And so that's why I think is so important about it, because then you give yourself that time to just like relax and be like, okay, well, I'm just in a bad mood. It has nothing to do with the person or anything. And so let me just take like a little time for myself. Let me relax. Let me do this and really get in the right mindset 
so that I can respond to that person in the correct mood and not, you know, inadvertently let your mood affect what you say to them. And I think it's so important too, because like I, I treat my text like you would treat like an email. You do it when you have the time to, and then you can really give that person an authentic answer and really give them that important time, you know? Yeah. And it doesn't mean, you know, like we're not sitting here saying, oh, we're practicing this thing. Like it's so easy and great. And we have it all figured out. Like we're learning as we go. We're figuring out what works best for us. Cause maybe what works best for us in one season of life is going to change in the next season of life. And that's part of allowing us to check in and say, all right, how do we want to do this? Cause like you said, there's no phone etiquette. There's no one way to do that. And I think that that's what's so great about so many things is there's not one way to do something. There are probably a lot of ways to get to where we want to be. And they don't all have to look the same. You know, I think about that, especially where, you know, yeah, there are times Michael texts me or I'll text him and we will respond back like instantly. Cause there are just times we're on our phone and we do that. So it's not like it's this hard, steadfast rule that we wait forever. It depends on our mood and where we're at. And if we're able to give that person our attention in that moment, awesome. We will you know, thinking about how it's changed over the years. And there are, I'm sure, some ways that you've been present in the past that you realized, I didn't really like how that went. So I'm doing it differently. And we were discussing this too. There's so much to talk about as far as being present that has to do with not being on our phone. But the time of life we're in right now, we are all pretty isolated. And we can't just have a friend come over and hang out. So yeah, we can be intentional as far as on Zoom calls or FaceTimes or whatnot, not being on our phone. Like we can still practice those things, but how do we be intentional with our presence and with our electronics at home with our families or whoever we are quarantined with? Because this is not the same. And a new season means things are going to have new ways of life. And we want to recognize that too, because I don't want you thinking, wow, this is all so great. And I can't wait till quarantine's done so that I can start doing this. Because friends, there are things that we're doing that we've talked about that we're still incorporating today in quarantine. But we also want to talk about how you can intentionally use your phone and be present because of quarantine. That's so important too, because luckily, you know, we do have technology and we're very fortunate to have it. Luckily, I have done a lot of group FaceTime calls with people or in just one-on-one FaceTime calls where it's like, I really feel like I'm talking with the person, you know, it's face-to-face like, yeah, you may not be able to give them a hug and stuff, but it really does feel like, you know, you're still having that same conversation that you could have had and you get to see them right there and you're reacting to how they smile. You're seeing them laugh and stuff that I think it's so important to be present on your phone with these people because then you can really enjoy that time. And yeah, it is a little bit different and it takes a little while to get used to, but when it comes down to it, you're still interacting with that person. You know, Mm -hmm. if you make a joke, you still get to see them laugh and and light up with a smile. Cause I think that's sometimes that the communication that we don't really get is like through text Mm -hmm. or through maybe necessarily a phone call where you don't get to see a smile or something. But it's like, when you get to do a FaceTime call, you get to see a smile, you get to see those reactions. And that I think is so important too. Going with that is like, if you're on like a FaceTime call with someone and they have to answer a text or something while you're talking with them, literally their whole face goes away for a second and they're gone and they're like doing their thing. And that's when I feel like it it is so important to be present with them 
because then you almost have to be even more present because of the fact, you know, it is through a phone or something. When you are doing something else on your phone, it really does totally cut them out where you don't get to see their face or their reactions anymore, where it really does put a little bit of a riff on a conversation where if you don't say that, oh, hey, I just got to do something really quick. And then you give them of what's to be of what you're going to do. Like, hey, can you just give me like one second so I can do this thing? then they can prepare for it as opposed to like them again, like having to repeat yourself and all that kind of stuff that we were saying. Yeah. And you know, you may also be thinking, well, I'm super present with my family. We've all been stuck in the same house together for eight, nine, 10 weeks. But again, remember presence isn't just about the state of physically being somewhere because our mind is what keeps us there, right? Like you can physically be somewhere and have nothing to do with anything that's going on if you're in your own world. You know, something that I know our family has started doing is not even twice a week. So it's very casual. We just say, okay, we're going to have dinner together on whatever day it is. And we are not going to have our phones around. We do have them at the table if, you know, someone calls and needs us and it's an absolute have to, but pretty much we put that down because even though we are all with each other all the time, we aren't truly with each other all the time. You know, maybe you're like, well, I'm quarantined on my own. How can I be present well with and through this quarantine? And, you know, something else that uh, I started doing since quarantine, and it's, it's really funny and Mike knows Mara and we all have had some good times together. A couple weeks ago, I decided that I was turning all of my social media notifications off, every single one. And I, I, I cleared this so I knew that I could share it with you today. Um, she was like, you cannot do that. And I was like, why? And she was like, because you can't. You'll miss, like, you, you just can't do that. And I was like, no, watch me. Look, I just you click the button right there and it all just turns off. Um, and it was one of those things where I wanted to make sure that if I was on Instagram or I was on Facebook or even TikTok, whatever it is, um, I wanted to make sure that I was actually taking in who I follow. I'm very intentional on social media about who I follow. I want to make sure that I'm following life-giving people that I know and that are encouraging to me. I don't follow kind of everyone that comes about. Like I'm really, really intentional with that space. And I'm dishonoring that intention if I'm scrolling and I'm not taking in anything that I'm reading. Because if I want to sit there and scroll and I say, I just want to kind of zone out for a little bit and just be on social media, that's fine. But I miss so much. So I do sometimes scroll and just not really take anything in, but because I don't get notifications anymore, when something does come up, I actually sit there and I read the caption and I move through. And that's a way that I'm being intentional with my social media and I'm being presently there. You know, that's some, a way that I would encourage you to do things because it's been really, really helpful. And my goodness, you know so much more about people when you take the time to truly read what they have to say. And I think that's so important too, because being authentic, whatever it is of what you're doing, if you're getting notifications on your phone, oh, this person liked this, this person liked this, you're constantly getting pulled out of whatever it is that you're doing that then you're, you're breaking that focus or then you're, you don't have that authentic time. And I think something that I noticed too was responding to comments on my posts. I could get that notification and think I have to respond to that comment right now. But then I might just only like it or just do a quick emoji or something. 
Now what I do is I wait till I'm ready, like, oh, okay, this is my time to go on Instagram. And I go on there and then I, I'm like, oh, okay, let me see what I, I oh, okay, I'm going to go to this photo and let me do, let me um, respond to those comments and really be there and give an authentic comment back because th- that person was being authentic by spending that time to post mm-hmm. to comment on your stuff and they were giving that time so it's like I like to really be present to give back to that you know and um, to go back to people who are maybe quarantined on their own what I think is so important too is what I have sometimes done with some people is say hey like I'm gonna eat it this time are you gonna eat at that time oh, okay let's do a FaceTime call while we eat together because then it's like it's still the same thing you're still sitting down you're still having a meal with someone and you get to just have that little conversation about you because like oh like what are you having oh do you like that you know and it's like a restaurant you both have a different meal you know it doesn't have to be the same meal you know so that there's tons of ways that you can still get that feeling of that connection I love that and Throughout our podcast, we always give practical tips and we've already given so many, but we want to be able to kind of center in on these because we, we want you to know that being present is not just good for your relationships for other people, but with yourself too. That's ridiculously important. You know, I think one of the things that we've talked about that has really made an impact in my marriage through this quarantine is just asking present questions. You know, as an example of that, I would go to Jared and I don't know, maybe once a week, every other week, we just kind of both check in with another and are just like, how are you feeling about just what's going on right now? What are you feeling like? Kind of let me into that space. But the other important piece of that is I don't just ask other people that like Mike and I today, before we got on, we were talking about what's going on, how we're dealing with things. Right. And that was a way for us to be able to connect presently. We're not just asking, you know, every here and there questions. We're saying, Hey, what, like what's presently going on for you? How are you feeling about this? Like, those are great questions that we can use to help encourage getting to know someone presently and instilling those good habits of presence. But what's also really important is asking yourself those questions. If you listen to episode 37, we talk all about meditating and friends, I am not about meditating. So don't like, I know you're going to have preconceived notions if you're anything like me, but there are lots of ways to meditate and we go through so many good things on there that you can find. But when we're meditating, whether it's just laying down and meditating or in the word, whatever it is, I like to sit down and say, how am I feeling about this quarantine? What's going on? Because we've got to feel those emotions. Yeah, I think that's so important because, you know, those type of questions like how you feeling, usually you are gearing it towards other people. But I think it's so important because when you think about that, like, wow, I haven't really asked myself how I'm feeling. And then it's not like you have to say, oh, okay, like you don't have to sugarcoat the way you're feeling. Because I think what is so important to being present with yourself is to really just feel what it feels like and not put a judgment on it. Don't think you have to change it. Like just say, you know, like, hey, how am I feeling? And then just sit with that feeling and just like let it wash over you and really be present with that feeling instead of trying to resist or change it. Because I feel like that's when, you know, it can really get frustrating because then not only are you not trying to feel that emotion, but now you're frustrated trying not to feel it. So you have this resistance and this resistance causes even more frustration. So it can even affect you even more where if you were to just, you know, 
sit yourself back and just say, hey, you know, how am I feeling? And then you can really be honest, like, hey, I'm really, really feeling like crap. This is really frustrating. It's like, yeah, like, I totally get that. And you totally have the right to feel that way. And you should feel okay to feel that way. And there's nothing that you have to change because it's a feeling. And it's by doing that and by honoring that feeling, that's how you can start feeling better about it. Like, I feel like with myself, it's like if I'm having you know, um, a, a bad day or something. And I'm just like feeling overwhelmed with my feeling when I give myself that time to just sit with that feeling and let it wash over me and, and, and feel it at full strength, if you will, and really feel that. Then the next thing that you feel after that, once you've felt the brunt of it is relief after that. And so it's like, then you can start feeling better afterwards because now you've let yourself feel that and you can be there with that. And then after that, you can start feeling more relaxed about it. And it's not that you're changing it. It's just the fact you felt it. And once you feel it, that's, that's what your feelings want. They want you to just feel them and just be authentic. That's giving yourself that time with yourself, which I think is so important. We're not really taught a lot to do that is to just feel your emotions and to just let it be the way it is and be honest and, and true and just feel that. Well, and I think too, what's so, so, so important about mentioning this we do talk a lot here on Chronically Cultivating about the positivity prescription, right? But the biggest reason that I'm so against that positivity prescription is because it, it tells us to just cover what we're feeling by just saying it's all good. And here's the thing. You can ask yourselves those questions. You can feel what you're feeling and you can still come out positive, there are going to be times where we need to feel those feelings and they're going to be hard. And maybe it's not even just about quarantine. I mean, whether you're struggling with an illness or a family member or just where life just is right now, those things are hard. So I can sit here and say, man, really sucks that my need keeps dislocating and there's nothing I can do to stop it. And I'm allowed to feel that way. I can embrace that feeling, but I can also walk away saying as horrible as this is right now, I'm so grateful that I have good people supporting me. I'm so grateful that the sun is out today. There are so many little things and it's these little bits of gratitude. And I want you to know that when we're talking about presence, it's a lifestyle change. It's not just a, oh, I'm going to be present today. This is an amazing lifestyle change. And you will deal with one, the frustration of once you pick up on this, noticing how many people are not fully present in your life. Um, and then that's where you can have a conversation with someone and say, Hey, you know, and it doesn't have to be this confrontation of just being like, Hey, I want to spend time with you and you are not fully listening to me and I have had enough, right? We don't need to handle it that way. We can say, Hey, I'm really working on being more present because I haven't been that way in the past. Can we find time next week to talk where maybe we both have some space away from our phones or whatever it is. That's such a nice way to bring it up with somebody. So then you're actually encouraging that and not creating again. Remember, we don't want to associate hostility and presence because then we're just working backwards. So I just encourage you to do that, you know, and if you're not a journaler, that is totally okay. I'm a journaler. I love to journal. But if you're sitting there and you want to really work on building presence, because again, and I'm going to let Mike take it away in a second here about just how it is a way of life and it becomes part of you, you know, something that you can do, whether it's you journal physically, you could even put a reminder. So the question comes up on your phone once a week that you can just sit there and go, how was I present this week? 
How was I present to the people in my life? And if you have a close enough relationship with these people, tell them that you're trying to do this. I'm sure that there is someone who would love to do this with you and become more present, become accountability partners, and even be if you feel comfortable, go up to someone and say, hey, you know how we talked last week? Did you feel like I was present with you? And if I wasn't, can you tell me a way that I could improve that? It doesn't have to be this negative thing. And I think that's the biggest thing that I know Mike and I both want you to know about this is this isn't just saying you are not good enough to be friends with me if you do X, Y, Z. This is not about this. This is about a way of life and improving our relationships because we care about the people in our lives so much and we know you care about the people in yours. And what I think is so important about that is the fact that you're showing compassion to that person because instead of like, you know, snapping in that moment and being like, you're not being present and then you're attacking them, then the person's going to be on the defensive mode. So whatever you say, they're going to be on the defensive and they're not going to give you an authentic answer because you've just triggered them where they're like, they feel like they're being attacked and their survival modes literally like takes over and they're like, oh my God, what do I have to say to diffuse this situation? Where it's like, if you were to just say to them like, hey, can we spend this time together? And you're being compassionate, not only the way that you feel, but the way that they feel and the way that they're going to react to it. Because if you come out and say something like, hey, I feel like you're not being present with me. That can be something where they're like, uh, what do you mean? It can be insinuating the fact that maybe they don't care about you or it's whatever they're thinking in their head, where if you just say like, hey, I'm really working on this and I really like this new way that I'm interacting with people and I'm feeling I'm getting this more um, in-depth conversation and I'm really enjoying it and it just feels really great. And I want to try to maybe do this with you too. And maybe by saying it that way, they're not feeling like they're attacked. They're not feeling like they did something wrong. And, and two, it's also saying like, hey, I did this in the past. I'm not, and I still am doing it sometimes and I'm working on it in myself. And this is something that maybe we could maybe do together, but also there's something that we can grow in better interactions and better conversations in the future because of this new meta communication between what you guys are talking about. And I can guarantee if you start noticing it more in your own life and you're noticing that maybe someone isn't being as present with you, most likely they don't even realize that. It is not an intentional thing. It was something where I guarantee you when Mike was figuring all this out, he was very patient with me. He has proven to be very patient with me in lots of ways, but never once where he had ever looked at me and was just like, you are not being present and I'm not going to hang out with you if this continues. There was never anything like that. What caught my eye so much is that there was this compassion and grace. And it was something that I saw in him again and again and again. And I picked up on it and it became something that I made so intentional. And I'm not saying that had he brought it up with me, that it wouldn't have gone positively. That's not what I'm saying either. But at the same time, it was something that I got to see in him. He modeled that for me and that consistency. And that's what picked how I picked up on it. And I went, I want to feel like I'm having a, like the same way that I do when I feel, nope, let's try again. When um, I want to be able to feel the same vibe when I'm talking to Mike and he's listening to me with other people in my life. And that's what it started happening. It was something where I went, man, there's something extra special 
about the time that we spend together. So of course I'm going to think about that. And that was when I started picking up on all these different things about how intentional he was with his communication and his phone. And it was something that it didn't happen for a month or two. And then he just didn't do it. This was like a way of life and it was consistent. And that was modeled so well. So sometimes you don't even need to bring it up with somebody. You just need to model it because it is important and they will notice any conversation you have with someone where you both are truly present. You remember that. Like you remember how that person makes you feel and that's what you want moving forward. So know that it's not just ignorance. Sometimes people just don't even know because they haven't experienced that and had that modeled for them. Yeah. And I I think the best way that you can start by working on that is to really look at the way that you listen to someone. Because when we're talking about those, those times, like, you know, when you're on your phone or something, you're, you're not showing them. It doesn't feel like they're listening. Because, you know, when you're really showing someone that you're listening to them and and you give that person eye contact, you feel, they feel heard. I know with myself, it's like when I have someone who's looking into my eyes and I'm, I'm talking and I'm expressing the way I'm feeling, I feel like I'm being heard. And it's not something that like, you know, if someone's complaining about something, it's, it's not that you have to be like, oh, okay, well, we can make you feel better or this. It's like, listen to them, let them just express how they're feeling and don't try to change it. And just like, if they're saying, Oh yeah, I'm doing this and this, this, and just be like, yeah, I know that I, I totally understand how you could feel that way and how, how it can do that. And it's like, cause a lot of times is part of the process of feeling better is first feeling heard and inventing it and not feeling like that you have to change it or anything of just being yeah. present with that. And then once you're present with it, that's when then you can, you know, move on and and with it but it's like the most important part of it is you need to be there with it first and you know and maybe in that conversation that you have with them they're not gonna be over that after that conversation it may take them a few days and that's totally okay but the fact that you were there and the person felt like they were heard and they felt like they could express themselves that makes the whole difference there and it grows your relationships because they're just like wow you know I could really feel like I could really just express myself. And because I feel like with a lot of us, like we feel like, you know, we're going through different things and we feel like we may be going through it alone or something where when you talked about it and you have someone who's really there listening to you, you they can say like, oh, you, you know what? I have felt that same exact way when this sort of a thing happened to me. And I totally understand how it can feel that way. And I, I totally get that. And you deserve to feel that way. And what I think is super, super, super important to note about what Mike was just saying is every single thing he just modeled about listening and when he would respond, he never once tried to fix it. And secondly, he didn't inject his own story. And we touched on this a bit last week with Renee, where we talked about the fact that if we're truly going to help someone through a loss or through a feeling that they're going through, they sometimes just need to talk about it. And they need to know that they're being heard and seen. And sometimes they just want to vent to you. They don't don't want you to fix it all the time. They don't want you to 
stop and tell them your entire, or have you tell them your entire life story? Cause maybe that's not what they're looking for right now, because it was exactly what you said. It's, it's going to someone and saying, I just need to feel these feelings and I'm not ready to move past them yet, but this is where I'm at. And I know that when I'm struggling, even, um, I know we mentioned it last week and I've talked about it before, you know, if I really want to vent about something, um, especially to Jared, you know, he wants to fix things. He doesn't want me upset. He doesn't want me hurt. And there are times I start the conversation by saying, Hey, I need to vent to you about this, but I do not want you to try to fix it right now. And that is just an honest way for us to say, I need to talk about this and I just need to feel what I'm feeling. And he can go, wow, Cass, I'm really, really sorry that you feel that way. I can understand why you are feeling that way. And then he doesn't go on to say, well, when I experience this, he'll wait. And then when, as I'm processing that emotion, which like Mike said, it may not be a one and done conversation and you're done with that feeling. This can move and ebb and flow because grief and loss and dealing with that is not a, we're going to start with anger. We move through the process and we accept, and then we never touch it again. Right. It's not linear like that. And so when we're having those conversations with people and I'm talking to Mike and I'm like, Hey, this is what's going on. He acknowledges what I'm feeling. And when I know that I've been heard and just been able to sit in whatever I'm feeling, maybe the next time we talk, he'll check in and say, Hey, how are you doing with that? I know when we talked about it, there was a lot going on and that's an opportunity where most likely I'm able to say, yeah, you know, you definitely like, thank you so much for listening and for hearing me. And you, you, I could tell you really knew what I was feeling. How have you walked through this yourself? And that's his opportunity to say, this is how I've walked through it and how I'm in my own process of healing from that situation. And look at that. That changes everything. And he gets an opportunity to know that I'm going to be fully present and listening to what he has to say and about his healing because I'm ready to be moving through that process. I love that too, because you really, it, it's like by you trying to fix whatever it is that you're going through, the person feels like they can't feel the way that they're feeling. Mm -hmm. And what I, what I love too about the, the way that you and Jared are having that communication, what I think is, is so important is when you say to him, hey, I just want to just talk about this. And I just don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen. Because what I think is, is so important with that is I was that same way of when I would hear someone, you know, talking about like having a bad situation. It, the part of, of it is when you're hearing someone struggling, you feel that struggle in yourself and, and, and you feel that. And so a lot of times people, they don't like to see you struggling that they want to try to make you feel better. And, and it's, it's not a bad thing. It's because they care about you so much that they want you to feel better. And I think what's so important is that with that of just saying like, Hey, I don't want you to fix it. Then they don't feel pressured of like, like, Oh, okay, this is my friend. I got to make them feel better. Then it's like, they feel like, oh, okay, I'm just here to listen. And I'm just here to really hear what they have to say. Then it's like, because I know for me uh, of 
being a type of person that always wants to help people and always wants to try to make them feel better, that when I first would get into those conversations with people, I would try to do that of saying like, hey, why don't you do this? This might feel better. And then they would kind of like, they would come at me. They would not really listen to, you know, the, the advice that I was giving. And then I would kind of get frustrated that they didn't listen to my advice. But the thing was, is they weren't ready for the advice. And I wasn't honoring the way that they felt because then they felt they had to change who they were to be having this conversation with me. And what I think is so important is because, like I said, is people, they don't know how to do that. They don't necessarily know how to listen to someone and to really be authentic with your feelings. By you doing that pre-paving of saying like, hey, just to let you know, I'm kind of just going through something right now. Do you mind if I talk to you about it? And just like, just let you know, like, I just, I'm really not in the mood for any advice about it. I just kind of like you, I just want to vent this out and, and just deal with that. And then like, I'll be ready for advice another day, but today is not that day. So if we can just listen right now. Yeah. And it's something too, where someone may not say that directly to you because they have never had someone say that to them and vice versa. So a great way, if you're kind of sitting there going, I'm not really sure what this person wants me to do. Cause I want to say all these things, but I don't know if they're ready just ask them and you don't have to do it in a like, you know, don't say, do you want me to help you fix it? Or do you not want to hear what I have to say? That is the wrong way to say that first and foremost, because that just shows it, it just, we're not even going there. Do not say that. Please do not say that. But it is very easy for you to say, Hey, I am so sorry that all this is going on. I have dealt with something like this in the past and I know how how hard this is. And if you want to hear what I've learned through this, or you want someone to support you or just listen, know that I'm here and you can leave it there because then it's giving it to them. You're saying, maybe I don't want to talk about it yet. It opens up to say, if I'm still struggling with this, I can probably give them a call and they know, okay, when I get to that place, someone knows what I've been through and they're going to be able to help me through it. And you may not get, they, they might just say, thank you. Leave it alone. Mm-hmm. Like leave it alone because that is what you have been able to give to them is that gift of saying, I've heard you. I can sympathize and I understand, but I am not going to put myself in a place where I don't belong. And I'm going to respect you and honor you and let you feel this however you are feeling. And I loved when you said too, of just saying like, saying like, Hey, I've gone through this thing. And whenever like, and just saying, Hey, I'm here for you. Cause I feel like that's the best way to just say is, is cause you're just saying like, Hey, I'm here for you. I'm not, I'm not here to change anything. I'm not here to give you my advice, but just to let you know when you want to talk about it, when you want, if you want someone to just listen to you, if you want some advice, I'm here for you whenever it is that you want that. And I think that's the most important piece of that is because of just letting someone know that you're there and being present with them. So friends, as we close, we could go on about this for hours because it's so important and we've learned so much. But as we close here, I want you to know that you have everything you need right now to be intentional with your boundaries. It is okay if you try this and you realize some of the things we said don't work for you. Because again, everyone is going to have their own way of doing this. There is no one way. And we just wanted to give you some ways that have helped us to get your own ball rolling. And know that 
we are here. You can find us both on Instagram. We'd love to chat with you about this. If you want some advice on this or further just communication, because we're here for you too. This time is hard and we are just like, we're working to be present. We know you are probably too. And you may not get a response super quick back from us, but you will know that when we do message you, we are being intentional with our thoughts and our time. I don't know if you have anything else to say as we close, Mike. Uh, no, I, I don't think so. I just want to say that I'm honored to be here again. And thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So it has been an awesome time chatting with you guys. Mike will be back. I just hope that you all continue to stay present and know that it is possible even in this time. So whether you put your phone down or you don't, I hope that this encourages you to think about the way that you communicate. We'll see you next week, friends. This episode was brought to you by the Speaking to the Heart podcast network. If you would like the show notes for this episode or want to check out the other wonderful shows the network has to offer, feel free to head to speakingtotheheart.org. The Oregon College Savings Plan can help fund your child's dreams and ideas. But it's not just for college. It's also the trade school savings plan and the books and materials savings plan, even the room and board savings plan. With fewer educational expenses to think about, your kids can focus on what matters, their future. Start saving today to support your child's tomorrow. Learn more at OregonCollegeSavings.com. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at mrsmyers.com.